Did you know that within a decade, women will hold $30 trillion in investable assets? Yet somehow, only 19% of women reported feeling confident in selecting investments that align with their long-term goals. Our friends at InvestHer are out to change that. InvestHer Con is the number one premier conference for women in real estate, and it's happening June 2nd through the 4th in Austin, Texas. InvestHerCon is not just another real estate conference. It's a transformational experience focused on real estate investing, business strategies, and self-care tactics, all designed to help women take control of their financial futures. Gain the knowledge and skills you need to grow your portfolio and build a sustainable business, all while connecting with over 500 women who are playing at the same level. To learn more and to get your tickets, visit InvestHerCon.com today and use the code 100BESTEVER to get $100 off your ticket. That's InvestHer, H-E-R, Con.com, promo code 100BESTEVER to get $100 off your ticket. If you're doing a deal with a seller and you're always so one-sided that you're looking to take one over on someone, it's just really hard to get ahead in our world because it's a relationship business. Best ever listeners, where are you going to be on February 22nd and 23rd? I am visualizing that you're going to be in Denver, Colorado, because that's where the best ever conference is, and that's when it is, February 22nd, 23rd. Go to besteverconference.com and even put in take five so you get 5% off your ticket. So that is T-A-K-E and the number five whenever you purchase your ticket. And buy now because ticket prices go up weekly. So go to besteverconference.com. You can read all about the conference, the agenda, the speakers. We've got an incredible speaker list focused on commercial real estate. So that includes five plus units if you're in multifamily. And you're going to get a lot of value from this conference. Go to besteverconference.com. It's the third time we've done it. It improves every year and we have raving reviews. I'm not just saying it. Ask people who have attended every year. Besteverconference.com. Enter take five, T-A-K-E five when you purchase your ticket and get an extra 5% off. Ticket price is going up weekly, so get it today. Best ever listeners, today's guest is being interviewed by Theo Hicks. You know Theo, he's with us every Friday on Follow Along Friday. You're going to get a lot of value from this conversation. So with that being said, let's get going. Hi, best ever listeners, and welcome to the best real estate investing advice ever show. I'm your host for the day, Theo Hicks, as Joe is traveling to Texas to look at a few apartment deals. Today's Sunday, so you know what that means. It's Skill Set Sunday. So we'll be talking about a specific skill that you can apply to your real estate business. Today, I'm speaking with Stephen Bond. How are you doing today, sir? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me on the show today. Absolutely. I'm looking forward to our conversation. A little bit more about Stephen's background before we get into his skill. He's the co-founder of Fourplex Investment Group, otherwise known as FIG. FIG has sold over $400 million in assets in six years. And it is a turnkey multifamily investment vehicle for investors nationally and internationally. He will be hosting the Intermountain Real Estate Investment Summit in February 2019. You can listen to his previous episode all the way back in episode 485, entitled BYU Dropout Began During the Recession and Won. Steven's based in Provo, Utah, and you can say hi to him at fig.us. So 
Stephen, before we get into your skill, can you tell us a little bit more about what you've been focused on since your last interview? Yeah, absolutely. It's interesting. So last time your group reached out to me to be on the podcast, I think somehow you had found me on Bigger Pockets through some forum post I made or something. But at the time, I just bought our building to expand our offices. A fresh real estate broker, I bought a Remax franchise, and there was construction going on all around me. So as we were on that phone call, I was running from space to space, <laughs> trying to avoid the hammer sounds that were in the background. We were renovating an old building built in the 1900s at 26,000 square feet for all of our offices. Now, we've been going for three years. The building's thankfully done. And we've been growing the business since then. We started a property management company. We expanded to two new states officially. We're in Texas and Idaho now, in addition to our developments in Utah, and have some sites that we have LOIs on. And now the Colorado market and in Arizona as well. Great. So the skill we're going to talk about today is how to set up a development business because Steven is a developer. And more specifically, we are going to talk about how to set up a development business for fourplexes. I know that you do more than fourplexes, but since it's in your name, I think that should be the focus of the conversation. I've actually never heard of a developer who does fourplexes. Most developers I've heard of are either doing single family homes and obviously either individual homes or communities or these larger apartments. So this is my first time hearing about fourplexes. So maybe to start off, you could tell us what's different about developing fourplexes compared to, let's say, larger multifamily apartment complexes. There's typically this evolution of real estate. Someone that says, I want to be a real estate investor goes to some type of RIA or gets on bigger pockets, for example, or the Joe Fairless show. And quite often, this person who's super motivated and excited doesn't have a whole lot of cash. So where do they start? They start in wholesaling or using other people's money. And then they get a couple rental properties and they realize, man, I need to get more doors per loan. So then they get a duplex, triplex, or fourplex and they house hack. Great strategy. And then they start to get a couple of those and then they get into larger multifamily to get into the commercial stuff. We wanted to carve out this real specific space. About six years ago, my partner and I, he was a builder. I was his real estate agent. I said, where is the market not paying attention to? And it's the fourplexes, a very hot product because now you can get 40 doors with Fannie Mae financing because you can get up to 10 loans, fairly decent LTVs, 30-year amortizations. So a great product a good hold strategy, but they hadn't been built since pretty much like the 1970s and 80s on large scale. Back then, almost every major metro area has that area of town that has these fourplexes. And they usually don't have the best reputation, but the owners love them as an asset. So my idea was, why don't we build new? And as we came out and went to the cities, they said, no, 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 no. There's a reason. We don't want those in our town anymore. So my partner, being a genius, actually, he's the one that came up with the concept of, well, we can do this differently. Let's go to density zoning in open land for these cities, and we'll get a PUD plat that would be typically for multifamily and apartment complexes or townhome communities or condo community. But all we'll do is define each set of four parcels that would be townhomes or condos and give it one tax ID and pre-sell it to an investor as a fourplex. We build it out, we have the management company, we then stabilize it for that client at completion. 
That's interesting. I actually own three fourplexes in an area called Pleasant Ridge in Cincinnati. There are a ton of fourplexes in that area. And for similar reasons, I really like it. I bought a duplex before and it was a good investment, but the fourplex is great because it's still a residential loan, but you're getting four doors. And so you get the 10 loans, that's 40 doors, as you mentioned, before having to do any of this other sort of creative financing. So so basically what you do is you'll find a piece of land and you will sell that. So once you have that land is when you start the process of finding a client who wants a turnkey fourplex. Is that correct? Yeah. We have a large database of followers. So basically we have a community of usually on average 200 units and our typical buyer, again, they don't want to be a landlord. They also, in some of these fourplex communities, like I referred that were built the 70s and 80s, there's no way to control what your neighboring investor does with their asset. So all of a sudden, when their roof needs to be replaced and they don't reinvest into capital expenditures and make it nice, it draws down the value of your asset because you're right next door and the quality of renters, et cetera, when there's too many bikes out or the landscaping is not maintained. And we didn't want to have those issues in our communities. So our investors really like the fact that they're buying a fourplex next to another fourplex that's managed collectively by an HOA so that my asset is now preserved in value. There's always a reserve to take care of all maintenance needs for the benefit of all of us collective fourplex owners in a community now. The landscaping's done, the pets are managed, there's not bikes out on the front porches that aren't managed through a community management. So it's that person who says, man, I'd love to own an apartment complex, but I can't quite afford to do that myself. So I'm getting a piece, but I'm getting it fee simple, not in a tick or in a limited partnership. I own my fourplex in this whole community. So if I want to liquidate and take the upside equity, I can do that without any restrictions. And I sell my fourplex and can go trade it into something else. So that's this little in-between space of the fourplex world that no one else to our knowledge is doing anywhere. Mm -hmm. How many fourplexes are in one of these communities? On average, we do 200 units per community. Some are up to 355, some as small as only 40 units. So you'll have anywhere from 10 to 70 fourplexes in one project. Okay, so you'll identify a piece of land and then based off of that size, you'll determine how many fourplexes you can put on that piece of land? Yep, exactly. So during the entitlement process, while we're working with the city for our rezoning and getting our platting approved, we put our performance together and all of our market data on what the rents will be and what the absorption should be, and the expenses for managing this community. We put our performer together, release it to our database, and start taking reservations. So once the plat records, then those reservations turn into full-on contracts that are held with deposits, and then that investor gets their construction loan. At the end of completion of construction, our management company takes over and stabilizes that asset for them. How do you determine what the rents will be in those communities since they're kind of starting from scratch? Basically comparable analysis. So depending on what market's in and how quality the data is, if it's shaky data, then it's literally just boots on the ground. We're going around to all the surrounding communities and finding out exactly what it rents for. We go into places like Zillow to see what other owners are marketing their rents to be in that area. We're finding some of the commercial brokerage houses to get vacancy rates in the area and stabilization times, finding what jobs are coming into the area. So before we ever pick a market to go into, we know what the vacancy rate is. We know where it's trending. We know how many communities are being built. But as far as we can control, and this is always in a 
closed caption of time so a new project could be approved, but we know what's coming. So we've done all that market research to make sure that our investors getting a good asset at completion. And what types of returns is an investor seeing for these turnkey new development fourplexes? For any market we go into, our goal is always to be at least 1% cap rate higher than resale market is giving them. And usually we're 1% to 2% cap rate higher than the trading market. And we have to be because quite honestly, if you or I were looking at something today to buy as another fourplex, if that was what we were looking for, why would we wait for construction for the same exact cap rate I could get today and it's ready to trade right now? So there has to be an equity play on cap rate. And so specifically in our markets, we've been anywhere from a six cap up to about an eight cap, depending on the market and when it was delivered to our investors. How do you find the land to build these fourplexes on? Within the FIG ownership, there's a land partner who's specialized in work for builders throughout Utah, historically, and he's entitled land and entire developments and has relationships with landowners for these big tracts of land. And he's our land broker, essentially. Now, we call him a land broker, but really, he's working with other brokers as well. People will bring us land opportunities, but he's the bird dog. It's always out looking in these different states for different land opportunities that will be a potential to rezone or that already have the zoning to take through as another fake development. So once he's established, say, his top three in a new market, then our marketing team and our property management team comes in to say, yeah, this is good and here's why, because this job is coming into the area, the absorption of these types of inventory that we're looking to build here will do really well, or the exact opposite. He brings us a land opportunity and we say, actually, this company's not doing so well and it has 13% of the jobs in the area. So we don't believe that this is going to be good for our investors. So take that one off the list. So from the land guy, it goes over to marketing and management to ensure that the asset will be what we want it to be for our investors when they actually pull through and have it completed. Whether using this person as an example or kind of anyone else on your team, what tips do you have for finding the right team member for whatever job it is you want them to do? And you're saying for literally any position. So is this a question solely on how do you hire the right person for any job? Or is this specifically for land? You can take it either way. I would just say in general, but you can use this person as an example, how you found them and how you qualified them and things like that. Yeah. One thing that's really important to our culture is that the mindsets of all those who we work with have to be a mindset of abundance. If there's someone that has a scarcity mindset that constantly trying to pull all the cards on the table to their side, they don't really fit with our group. Our entire business model is built around giving equity to our investors that trust in us and finding ways to cut costs so that they can get the best yield on their investment dollar. So if we have an employee that doesn't think that way as well, again, it's not a good fit. I would say that translates to anything that an investor is doing in our space is If you're doing a deal with a seller and you're always so one-sided that you're looking to take one over on someone, it's just really hard to get ahead in our world because it's a relationship business and people end up just not trusting you and you end up not making the loyal followers that you're really (laughs) looking to do and building a growing real estate business. And Joe Fairless and your group is definitely like that. You wrote this phenomenal book, which I'm pouring through right now on your apartment syndication. And It's that mindset of abundance that says, hey, I'm not going to be hurt by trying to lift all the people around me. And that's really worked for us as well. 
Yeah, and those people are just annoying too. <laughs> I have a couple of friends yeah. who are like that. <laughs> yeah. Let's talk about this database of buyers because if you're not average doing 200 units per community, I'm assuming that you want those to sell pretty quickly. So that's going to be 50 different investors or at least 50 different properties you need to sell. So how did you build up that database of buyers? And then I guess another question would be what percentage of those people are consistently buying and what percentage of them are newer or just doing one-off deals, never doing one again? On average, just to hit the second question first, it's about 70 to 80% of our projects are a repeat client or a referral from a repeat client. And then the rest is new blood that's coming in to invest with FIG. So it's become quite viral within our own group of investors. How we found them to begin with is we just simply pre-marketed. We built a website, FIG.us, and we marketed through LoopNet. We traditionally didn't go through the MLSs. And a lot of that just had to do with the kinds of calls that we would get, people that didn't understand internal rates of return or cap rates or how valuable the assets were that they were looking at. So they thought that the only value was in negotiating it so low where it just didn't work. Whereas once we started working with more educated investors by going to platforms like LoopNet and our own website and web channels, we found that the quality of investor just really was increased. They understood what kind of asset we were delivering to them and what was going on in the area. So it just became a more seamless process with that clientele. So as far as absorption of our inventory, right now we've pre-sold our next batch of releases that will have closings in spring through fall of 2019. We have about 800 doors of inventory that we've been selling through in the last three months. We're either 100% sold out in those developments, it's three new developments in Idaho, Utah, Texas, or we're at least 70 to 80% sold out in those developments already. And we haven't even closed the dirt yet to start construction. You mentioned that you find the land and then you'll sell that to one of your turnkey investors. Then they're going to construction and loan themselves and then you're just managing in the back end. Do they get to decide... Uh all the different materials that are used? Or is that something that you kind of have a template of what you guys do for all of your fourplexes? Yeah, we actually decide it. And a lot of that has to do with real estate can be very emotional. And we try and take the majority of that out and become quite pragmatic through market research that this is what will yield the best return on dollars and also create the best experience for tenants. Because those go hand in hand. This isn't about just creating the cheapest product. It's about creating the most valuable product. So we pick out the products and materials and the selections. We do have a five upgrade options for a client that says, I want to differentiate with my countertop or with my appliance package or my lighting package. But they're predetermined options. That It's really like A, B, or C. You choose and that's what you're going to end up getting. And it's all put into the first price and taken care of from that point forward. The last question I have is, correct me if I'm wrong, but you didn't start off with these massive projects. What are a few tips you have that you believe enabled you to scale to having the average community size being 200 units? It really was on accident. Again, we kind of came up with this concept and it was at the time, how do we put food on the table in 2011 and 12 in the real estate space. And this is not, how do we build this incredibly large company where we have followers from all over the world that want to invest with us? 
that was not the questions we were asking. We were not doing any big radical moves. It was what's important today. So we found some ground that was FDIC owned at the time and came up with the concept and it was only a four unit project. And then the entire project was financed with hard money because banks would not touch us. So it was one baby step at a time. To an investor listening to this podcast, the best way to start is to go out and literally look for just an infill piece, a two acre parcel and get some partners and collectively go together and create a limited partnership if you didn't have a ton of capital and do four fourplexes if you could. And just start that out in that way. There's so much value and interest right now in the multifamily space of buyers that want stability. They got scared off from the speculation of the 2005 to 2008 run-up that was in single family of people that were buying homes only to flip them at completion with no intent to occupy. Whereas in multifamily, you're buying the stability of someone who needs a place to live, and there's still quite a bit of housing scarcity going on throughout the economy, throughout the nation, in many of the major markets. So if you can buy and invest in stability, which is these types of assets, you can start off with a one or two acre parcel, get a couple multifamily units, partner up with a good builder, and do that small development to start off with. That was going to be my follow-up question, but you hit the nail on the head with best way to start. So I really appreciate you coming on today and talking about this very unique development strategy of developing fourplexes. So just to kind of summarize what we talked about, you mentioned how you got into the industry by essentially asking yourself, where is the market not paying attention? And that happened to be that middle of the road fourplex avenue as opposed to smaller single family homes or these big apartment complexes. The advantages are with 10 loans, you can get the 40 doors. And there really haven't been many fourplexes developed since the 70s and 80s. So that comes with a lot of other issues as well that your investment strategy is able to solve. You mentioned that you've got a specific team member who essentially all he does is goes out and looks for land to build these properties on. And then for other team members, you talked about how really the main requirement you have is that they must have this abundance mindset and not this scarcity mindset. We talked about how you built your buyer database. Starting out, you just built a website and marketed through LoopNet. So pretty simple, just making sure you're grinding daily. And then now you are able to get the majority of your business through repeat customers and referrals. We mentioned how you determine the rents through the rent comparable analysis, as well as the fact that you make sure that you are selling these at 1% cap rate higher than the trading market. And then we talked about how to get started, which is look for a two-acre parcel, get some partners together, and start off by building fourplexes. And when it comes to scaling a development business or really any business, I really like your advice. And it's very simple, which is it's just one step at a time. So is there anything else that relates to starting and maintaining and scaling a development business that you want to talk about? The main thing, if you're looking to do this for yourself, we've covered it all. If you're looking to do it for clients, The trust comes in the end result, and we found that about midway through year three that our clients wanted us to manage it because we were aligned in their interests the whole time, and I was really reticent to start a management company. I didn't want to own a management company (laughs) and deal with that, but we did, and we've done a really good job with it, actually, And, and I feel pretty proud of our team that's done that, and it has been the catalyst that has grown the company even faster 
because now the client can trust that experience all the way from beginning to end. And there's no stumbling handoff that all of a sudden there's this new face who hasn't been a part of the deal from the very beginning. So if you're looking to set it up and create a following, you really have to have the beginning all the way through to stabilization under your control to a large degree, under the control of your culture, your why, that that client is truly taken care of. Because the second there's someone with a different interest, you're probably going to hurt the relationship in some way. And so it's one other takeaway that I would definitely encourage. Thank you for that. So before we leave, you've got a conference coming up in February. So you want to just briefly talk about that conference as well as where people can buy tickets. Yeah, you bet. So you go to figsummit.com. So that's F-I-G-S-U-M-M-I-T.com. February 1st and 2nd. Honestly, a lot of these speakers are good friends of mine. They don't normally go and speak at these conferences, but they're industry leaders, one who owns over $100 million private equity company, and how he built that from ground zero up, owning businesses, hotels, apartment complexes, and how he's built that up. He'll be speaking. Randy, who's president of Lifetime Paradigm, how to evaluate income properties, a lawyer to talk about legal strategies, founder of National Association of Real Estate Investment Advisors, speaking to agents, how to increase their business. Someone from John Burns Consultants, speaking about the multifamily market, presidents of UVREA. So we have all of these great industry leaders that will be coming and just simply sharing their knowledge, how they built their companies from the start to where it is today. And in all aspects from syndication, apartments, student family, fix and flips, it'll all be covered. So really excited about it. Looking forward to hosting the event here at Utah Valley convention center in downtown Provo and it'll be February 1st and 2nd and that is figsummit.com so make sure you check that out and get a ticket to that conference Stephen again really appreciate you coming on the show today lots of great information about developing fourplexes have a best ever day and we'll talk to you soon thank you so much really appreciate it best ever listeners best ever conference that's where you want to be February 22nd and 23rd in Denver Colorado Put in the code TAKE5, T-A-K-E, and the number 5 to get an extra 5% off. Ticket prices go up weekly, so buy it today, besteverconference.com. You can read all about the conference at the website, all about the speakers. You can read about them and what you will experience when you're there, besteverconference.com. When it's Friday at 4.30 p.m., it's time for Entrepreneur Drinks Podcast, which is co-produced by Joint Ops Properties and Discount property investors. Join their end of the work week session as they tackle problems facing entrepreneurs. Listen and subscribe at entrepreneurdrinks.com. That's entrepreneurdrinks.com.